When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 924 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by James Dean Raider. He's back in denim. He loves it. Never-ending supply of denim shirts. And Ben Funky Askren coming at us from his favorite place, the South Point Hotel. He's I'm never going to... Tropicana. I meant to correct you earlier. Oh, you're at the Tropicana. Yeah, we kind of like wow. the last minute. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. Man, you know what? That's if you if you're ever looking for any evidence of of the price of Bitcoin being down, been been asking at the Tropicana. Hard times, oh, but he, no, we waited till last minute. I probably shouldn't have done that, but you know what? It hasn't been that bad. You can't get Ben Askren off the strip, though. That's just that's just the bottom line. He's going to be in the mix. Oh, yeah, love it, Ben. Many people are saying greatest U.S. Open ever. I think I tend to agree. It's uh, it's up there. I thought it was a fantastic. Um, week really of wrestling. The yeah. we're gonna be focusing on the men's freestyle finals for the for today's show. Only an hour to get to, so some of the other matches we'll, we'll get to those. Greatest U.S. Open ever. So obviously, people point to like 2017 as the greatest trials finals ever for sure. What would be other nominees for great U.S. Open finals? Well, you I, had you had the famous 2014 where you had. Um, the the Burroughs Taylor match that was that was pretty mm, good. That was good one. Um, yeah, I don't know for for me. I mean, I'm just thinking of the one since I've been working here. That's 2013. Uh, so and, obviously, I think for years that the U.S. Open was obviously the toughest tournament. wasn't all that hyped up, and so there wasn't a ton of video or fanfare around it. Yeah, so crazy hype for this event. Tons of fan interest, and um, yeah, culminating. It Dude, it was freaking packed there for the senior men's. Yes, it was like the whole. Oh, it wasn't just like the the area around the mats. It was like the whole bowl was full yes. and loud, and they stayed to the end because we we can start with this guy. Gable Stevenson is on just a, a, a level of wrestling. Well, the schedule. I think. Had a lot to do with I think too. we we've rarely seen. He's good, huh? Okay. All right. <laughs> He's probably the greatest. I was kind of sad. You know, beat up my guy White Hendrickson. That was kind of sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, he, he's, he's so, uh, yeah. the way he moves his feet and his hands. I mean, it's just yes. Obviously, we knew he was really good, but he tenoed Mason Paris. Uh, Mason scored one point. What's up? Mason scored one point. He scored a step oh, out. He, he did. He did. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, and then, Gable. No, Gable he, scored a step out on himself. <laughs> That's how I'm going to score that. <laughs> And then he obviously Tenno Gwizdowski in the finals. Yeah, he's performing on a ridiculous level. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if he can go to the world championships and do the same type of thing. I I think that's I think it's possible. When you look back at his Olympic run, everyone thinks about the comeback, but he 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 stunned on Taha with ease to the point where you're like he could definitely tech this guy if if he wanted to push for it. Yeah. And then everything was going great in the Geno match, and he. 
took kind of an ill-advised shot that really put him in a precarious position well, with the crotch. Two or three times or something. He got gutted twice, I believe, and then almost yeah. another. And then, so he's got to resort to... No, he got gutted three times. Was it three? My gosh. So then he's got to come back and, and do the thing, but, it, you know... I could definitely see this version of Gable, Tino and Gino. I think that's on the that's on the big, table. What about the uh, who's who's our favorite Iranian? That uh, sorry, really good. Sorry, sorry. and well, you got that the young Iranian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dude's good. Um, I, I, see I Gable was my pick. I expected him to win, but I thought maybe Mason could. Oh, we saw your video. Make it a fight, a l- at least a little bit. You know. <laughs> Maybe pick up a takedown. Maybe, maybe take one late from Gable at least in garbage time, if it, if he didn't get tagged, something like that. But it, nope. no, couldn't even. It was not sniff to him. be. Yeah, it's just two completely different. Yeah, I I thought after seeing what Gable did to Mason last time, I was like, th- those are the kinds of beatings that just stay with you. And I just I don't think no one can beat yeah. this guy. No one can beat this guy. The level he's at, it's it's just insane. And Partio defense still scares me a little bit. Well, it it will only rear itself <laughs> under the most rare of circumstances. <laughs> I know. For real. But, but as we know in freestyle, that can be match ending. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the only reason it scares me, is because there is a hypothetical scenario where um, Forner gets on top and can end the match. Like that, and that's, like, that's all you need. Like, that's very hypothetical. Very hypothetical. <laughs> yes. Hypothetically, no one from other universes can come to wrestle Gable, so he should win. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like alien intervention is the the only shot. Uh, what if we made Gay Gable wrestle AI? I just saw that boss of dynamics robot doing some moves. <laughs> it would take a robot. It would be a have to be a well trained robot. Okay. <laughs> I think it's fair to start with Gable. We can just kind of go in, in weight order otherwise. Yeah. Um, Let's do it. So, on record, Gable is the best wrestler I've ever seen. Life. Yeah. I, man, um, hmm, that's that's a tough statement because, uh, and I'll just give you the why, because is for what he does, there's, it's so impressive. But it's crazy because he never really has to get past the baseline stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, he push, pull, snaps, he runs the corner, he gets his high crotches, he finishes clean. Like, he just doesn't get in so many positions. So it's, like, hard to compare that versus, you know, a Burroughs or a Dake who, like, has won many world titles and, and wrestles in all these crazy positions. I think the fact that he doesn't have to, it speaks volumes. Yeah. That's basically what makes right. him so great. I think he gets in more – I think, well, I don't know how you're you're defining it, Ben, but – Sure. I think he has a ton of ways to score and ways that he does score. Like his stuff from the underhook, his an underhook knee mm-hmm. pick, ankle pick, attacks both sides, misdirection, low level, high crotch, go behinds. I don't know. It's it's offensively he has so many ways to score that I yeah. feel like he does get in a lot of positions. What I think his his leg defense is rarely challenged. I'll admit I'll admit that. But again, people that's aren't a, getting to his legs. They, they can't get in. Yeah. They can't get in. So, mm. to me, it's the way he makes extremely good wrestlers 
look extremely average yeah. or below average. He just dismantled the 2023 Hodge Trophy winner. I've never seen a Hodge Trophy winner get beat like that. No, not not right after they've won it. So let's get into 57. Uh, a lot, a lot to get into, I guess. One, Zane Richards was probably the most slept on. Man, I slept on. No yeah, one was picking this right. guy to win this weight. Let's uh, just respect the number one seed of all time. Yeah, it's like, all right, yeah, they gave him the one, but he's not winning this weight. Well, wrong. I thought. Yeah. I thought Glory had a good shot against Zane, and then Glory gets teched by Camacho. Zane beats Camacho, and then it looked like Suriano was going to win in a very Suriano-y kind of match. Very controlled, low scoring, and then I think it was like just an ill-advised shot at the end. And Hey, wasn't this the one, first, before we get to that last sequence, wasn't this the one where Suriano got the caution one also on the push-out? Yes. I mean, I'm sure it's going to come up at some point. Um... So when they said the caution, when they said, like, we're bringing the caution one, I thought, okay, that's great because when people actually dive off to avoid takedowns and they only give up a point, that shouldn't be uh, advisable, right? But, like, mm-hmm. in this situation, I actually thought Richard was fighting reasonably hard to get back in bounds, and they still cautioned and won him at a point when it was one-to-one. So it was very, it was a very relevant point because then a push-out doesn't win for him. Um I really kind of strongly am disliking that new caution one where I thought I would like it. Well, I, some would contend it's not being called correctly and that it was it was initially introduced for what you were kind of describing. And, and I think Kozak yeah. tweeted like, it's for when the guy has turned his back to the center and is going out of bounds, basically turn your back towards the out of bounds and running yeah. out of bounds. That's what they were you know, the intention was, was another one. And though then, There was another one where it was so sort of similar, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. This maybe the refs don't understand it, but obviously like if say someone arm jag you, they would have your back and your back would be the center and you could still resist being pushed out or attempt not to be pushed out. Despite the fact that your back would be towards center. In in this scenario with Serena and Zane, you can see Zane like specifically plant his foot to try yes. and prevent from going out of bounds and hold and then Suriano runs his feet and runs him out of bounds. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You don't have to, like, risk everything. You shouldn't have to, like, risk maybe giving up yeah. a four or something like that to try and circle into the center. Yeah, I th- I think when you juxtapose that with the fact that you can just drop to your knees and, and just with impunity right, right. on the edge and just it's just one, which is something Zane also did uh, on the edge against Suriano, I think – man, why is this two points and this is just fine, back to center. So what I was trying to say, it the intention was for when the guys are running out of bounds and for egregious backing out of bounds, right, like we saw yes. in the Guilford-Gray match. But yeah. now three times. But what I think we're seeing is just like, all right, you didn't I, – I don't even know. But I think it's a little too much referee intervention. I don't think it's the intention. And that's what you have to – Ask yourselves, and sometimes USA officials, they kind of like do something outside the intention of yeah. in, the international rules. We, we had the almost takedown for like a month. Oh, that was Remember worse. That? But we were, we were that, putting I mean, yeah, people on teams is, for almost takedowns. This was a clear yeah, point I of feel, emphasis. I, 
I feel like you want to like make it as less questionable as possible. If you have one set of referees and they're calling caution ones on a bounds and you have other ones that don't, it makes it really hard as a coach or an athlete to say like, what, what action should I take? Because I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think the two for, for Soriano, that was, that was a, a, a really big punishment, but yeah, ultimately we'll wait. They only gave one. On the scoreboard here, it was 158. They gave there's, okay. there's two scores at uh minute 58 seconds. I don't think so. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the flow thing right here. I don't think that's how it was ultimately called. The final was 3 3 Richards, right? Yeah, so you got two points on the one exchange. All right, I'm re watching. Yeah, it's at a minute okay. 58 in the second. Oh, okay, it's right yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. But uh I mean yeah, that was a that was a sick takedown uh by Richards at the end to get the win and, and I also was not expecting Zane Richards to be the winner of this weight class. Uh so bravo to him. He and you know, we talk about there's certain guys who don't continue to get better. He's one of these guys who post collegially has just continued to get better and better and better, I feel like. I mean in twenty nineteen you, you think Zane Richards should be in his absolute peak of freestyle wrestling. <laughs> And yep. it's actually been, it's right now because yes. I mean, Zane graduated in like 17. 17. So you're thinking a couple of years out, that's going to be your time. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, and I bring up that, that exact year because that's the year where Nick Soriano teched him two times. Yes. And so I thought, man, he's not, he's just not gonna be able to generate scores against Nick. Uh, I thought, I thought the match was playing out exactly how I thought. Until that final, <laughs> the final takedown. So maybe I was sort of right, but really, I think the pressure of Zane forced mm -hmm. a, an errant shot, and then he was able to, you know, counter score. I thought it was, uh, yeah. yeah, really nice performance by Zane Richards, and now he's got. Uh, if you want to talk about an underdog, he's an underdog coming this now against Thomas Gilman. Holy cow! Yeah, he's an underdog. Big underdog. 61 kilograms was the Vito Orujal show. Vito, oh my God. I mean, he's just he's just on another. I mean, this last month he's had, what a heater. I mean, he texted DeSanto. He really untouched throughout the tournament. He didn't tech his way through, but may as well have. Just an incredible performance by Vito. And he's looking yeah. like he's going to be so tough to beat at, at Final X. With whoever yeah. emerges. The way he turned that lace was so beautiful. He got that takedown, and he was parallel to the edge, and he goes, turns it perpendicular, and it starts rolling. And how about the fact that, you know, normally you have the one hand in between the ankles, the other hand around the knees or something. His other hand yeah. was out, like DeSanto pulled it out, and you thought yeah, that would have been a good defense. But, just, I mean, Vito just kept his other hand threaded through the ankles, and... He's kept, if you can keep that tension on there, and he, you know he was rolling so fast, if, if your hand in the middle can keep the tension on the legs, it can't come out, right? But the, the top hand's job is to bundle the knees together so you, they can't wiggle. But if you can keep the tension moving fast enough, they can't undo it, which is exactly what he did. Yeah. Caleb was like, Vito's insane. I hope he makes a <laughs> team. I think he can win. And it's it's yeah, it'll I mean, be interesting to see. Uh, DeSanto looked pretty good all tournament. Um, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, grow, the gross match was kind of interesting because gross really started coming on at the end of the match and I think scored all, I believe, all four of his points maybe in the last minute. Um, and it was kind of like, well, why didn't he start that run a little earlier? I thought I give credit to gross, but I also think some poor DeSanto pulled back too much at the end there, trying to like coast yeah. to the win, and it, it could have bit him. And and that's yeah, something we saw in so many man, these second periods and these matches were insane, especially in the finals. It felt like every time we got to the second period, the the match would completely flip and change. And we saw that in a lot of a lot of ones, including sixty five, the ne- the next weight where Joey McKenna um, was up five zero before Nick. Can we talk about one down. question for sixty one? Who else are we getting added to the trials? Because there's a trials here. The second participant is Dayton. I'm assuming Dayton's going to be in. Is RBY going to be healthy by then? Um, who else are we going to see here? Roman, Roman, no. You're not going to see Roman wrestling, trying to make a yeah. U.S. world team. Dayton probably, though. You would think. I mean, what? it was very strange that he – the whole thing was weird. Because why did he wait? why did he wait forever to register and not be seated? Like, was that intentional? And then him pulling yeah. out within 24 hours of him entering is like, <laughs> what? He's sick, and he tweeted, hey, I, he's disappointed to not compete. But it was so weird how he entered, and then yeah, you don't see that much. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess we will see him at trials in Colorado Springs, May 20th and 21st. Mm-hmm. And so we could see. I was see thinking, it. are 57 kg guys allowed to go up or no? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a Soriano could show up or something he like could. that. I don't think he will personally. But he's he, wrestled uh, at that weight class prior. I know. I think he. he, he I, that's my point. It didn't go well. Okay. He's not. He's not a sixty-one. In my opinion, I think he's a fifty-seven, and okay. this was his chance to get on a okay. team. Fair that's enough. my thought. Maybe he could show up there, but that's not my opinion. Um, right. I would like to see it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I agree. Honestly, you Why might not? as well. Lost you to lose. It's not like you have to make 57 soon after. Yeah. So. yeah, I'm not sure. I just don't. It's just my prediction. Mm-hmm. Okay, 65? Yes. Should we talk about well, the Spencer thing? We kind of. I was going to say shout out Aiden Valencia. Yeah, he did. At he, 61. He beat a lot of good guys. Can you read his uh He, he his really did. There? I know he beat DeShazer. Yes. Let's get yeah. that out of the way. Yes, he did. Let me see if I can find his path here. So is he going to He lost to DeSanto close first round. Yep. Um, which it was DeSanto's closest match until the finals. Then he beats Kolioko 14-4. to four. That's a good win. Uh, Huffman 12 to pinned him. Yep. Shelton Mack 3-2. Josh Rod fourteen six loses to Cologne thirteen to eleven. What? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then beats the Shazer on the seventh place match. Really? One. That's a really strong performance. So are we going to see him at the juniors though? Because he is junior eligible, and um, I mean, I think you probably would have guessed that he'd be in the finals versus Buzakis if you look at the field at sixty one, right? Yeah, especially based on that performance. Now he did especially qualify for senior world team trials, so we could potentially we see could him do there. both because those are two weeks apart. I think. Yes, he should just focus on juniors now. That yeah, I would think you're not going to make the team this year at 61. Get you can get some great experience 
uh, making yeah. a junior world team. Uh, For sure. But we'll see. He's clearly a senior senior level capable, but he's not ready to beat a Vito well, or a Dayton. Man, one of the things I noticed this weekend, uh, and, and this is a broad observation, and so I was watching a lot of our guys, but like, I feel like high school and college level has never been closer. There used to be, I feel like, such a broad gap and such a huge advantage for the junior division of those guys who have done one or two years of college. And there was always a couple high school standouts who could kind of compete with them. And now I feel like it's not the exception, but it's almost the rule that the best high school guys will compete with good college guys. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, I mean, it's not just college guys. I mean, Aiden was competing with senior level Man, guys, yeah, senior which men. is like, you know, it should be a different level. But I think there's it's a lot more homogenous is maybe the word. I don't know. But like all kind of the yeah. same group in a lot of ways. But I th- I think so much of it is is wrestling is in a unique situation where – if you look at more most sports, it's like you want to be focused after your competitive career is done. You want to stay in that the highest level, whereas that's not really the case for for a lot of our best coach. I mean, Ben, you're a great example. But I was watching U seventeens, huh? I mean, uh, times are different. A lot of these guys are sticking around longer to wrestle. I, I don't think. Hold on, just let me. Continue thought, point. Okay, Let, hold on. So you you look, I'm watching U17 quarters, and it, the wrestlers go to their corner for, for the minute, and you got David Taylor in one corner, Chance Marsteller in the other. Um, you've got all these high-level former wrestlers that are not coaching the highest level. They're coaching high schoolers. They're not coaching right, at yeah. college. They're not coaching senior level. They're coaching middle and high schoolers. And it's there's a lot of clubs like that. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest impact. And I think that's why you're seeing it. It's like the the distribution of our best coaches isn't necessarily all for the highest level. It's it's more evenly distributed. And I think that's why you're seeing so many high-level guys uh, in, in these high school. I think it's not just coaches either. It's the resources these guys have. They have access to RTCs where they can go train with college and senior-level guys from a young age, which – my knowledge, um, you know, 10, 20 years ago wasn't, wasn't as much the case. It was pretty much just high school guys training with high school yeah. guys. 100%. Yeah, and there, I mean, I, well, if you go 20 years ago, I, yeah, I mean, there wasn't even clubs that went year round. My, I mean, my, my summer club, or my spring club went March, April, May, and then it was done and everything was on your own. So, yeah, so I guess at that point in time, all the college guys would have had the year round resources and the younger guys would have had like nothing kind of. Plus the introduction to stuff like flow wrestling where you can watch wrestling yeah. and truly be a student of the sport from the time you're seven years old. You can get hooked, which wasn't the case. You know, you, If you didn't have access to wrestling videos, you had to wait until you got yeah. to college and your coach had all these tapes that you could watch. Yep. It's pretty wild when you start doing some of the uh, – oh, man, what's it called when it's like this guy beat this guy beat this guy once? Yeah, transitive. <laughs> transitive you know like you know i was thinking about um uh little at all killing the field at the the junior division when he lost to several kids who were freshmen in high school and obviously those those people in that in that field probably had a decent amount of college wins this year yes yeah i mean crazy to think about very crazy Mm -hmm. all right um 
Where do you want to go now? I think 65 because we got distracted with Aiden Valencia. <laughs> yep. Joey McKenna. Uh, yep. Cracked in the second period. He did. Uh, we saw quite a few people crack in, in the second period. And I don't know if it's meltdown status, but. It was. You think so? For sure. Well, the one, I mean, the one that I'll, I'll just point to that may, I think makes it obvious is he got taken down to go down 6'5". And he laid on his belly and got his knees pulled together and laced, I believe, with, you know, he didn't even push back or, you know, offer any real defense. Mm, he fought it, I felt like, kind of hard. He, he Not allowing Nick Lee to get in there, but he, he didn't want to go over at first. Yeah. But, I mean, that's so that's where when uh, you think about when you get tired, be, bottom, on, bottom wrestling and freestyle is a lot about being, I, I, the word, your word I use is vigilant. Like, mm-hmm. because there's points, if someone gets something locked up, you can fight as hard as you want then, and you're probably still going to go over. So, like, being vigilant in your defense of, of moving quickly and addressing issues that are popping up before they get too deep. And so that's like, he wasn't vigilant. He was tired. He was exhausted. So he wasn't vigilant enough to, to go butt back and get his knees wide. Yeah. I, I thought the go behind, too. I mean, Nick is good at go behinds, but that's kind of like a often, like, I think David Taylor like, described it as like a hustle effort position, like no go behinds yes. and yes. giving that up. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it was a good performance from, from Nick Lee. I really thought, man, Joey McKenna's going to do this and, and Yanni's going to be interesting. And then just too yeah. much from, from Nick Lee there the, the I, last yeah. bit. And we even got a question uh, about like the Nittany Lion guys. I saw that stat. That stat's crazy. It is crazy. And I, I don't think I think because the reputation of Penn State and their coaching is so high, um, I think we can attribute some things that maybe don't. I don't think they're waiting to the second period to like spring some elaborate technical trap, and there's not like some observation no, that that the, that's being made. They're like, okay, now do this. It's like I think just the plan for those three guys, Nick Lee, Jason Alf, and Aaron Brooks. It's it was always the second period for those guys where yeah. you can expect them to be putting up a lot of points and it happened in in grand fashion for all three yes hey i got the best story can i tell you guys a story yeah that happened this and allegedly this guy someone else told me this guy's watches frl so uh i'm not gonna say his name to embarrass him or nothing uh but i did see him coaching a lot so he's coaching this one match we talked about uh joey mckenna's legalized defense that's what made me recall it and i'm waiting i'm the next match waiting to coach my guy a guy's trying to legalize his guy and he goes, leg straight, leg straight. And I was like, what in the world? Like, that's the opposite of what you want to do. You don't want to put your leg straight when they try to leg lace you. So after the match, I go, hey, man, you know, um, you know you're not supposed to put your leg straight when they're trying to leg lace your guy, right? And he's, he goes, who told you that? What? I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I think everyone knows that. And he goes, who told you that? And I'm like, I, and so then I sat down to coach. He just kept saying, who told you that? And it was like the most hilarious exchange I've ever been in. And he just kept yelling in my face, who told you that? What? <laughs> I, I didn't know what to, he got me. I didn't know what to say. I, he, he said, who told I don't know. I just know that you're not supposed to put your legs straight when someone's trying to leg lace you. I don't know who told me that. But he just kept yelling, who told you that? 
A, co- a coach? This coach? You said this coach yeah. listens to FRL? Did you mention that? Uh, that's what someone else told me. That I mean, someone else was like, "Oh my god, that was so insane." He's like, "That guy, that," and the guy actually did come up to me later. Said, "I'm actually a big fan," and blah blah blah. And we talked, and he was actually a really nice guy. But he said, "Who told you that?" Like seven times, and I I didn't know what to say to him. It was you the know funniest what? thing ever. If you want my read, or without even seeing this exchange, just hearing your recounting, I feel like someone has probably told him in his life. Like, bro, that is not how you defend a leg lace. And then he feels like his friend puts you up to telling him. That's that's my working theory based on hearing this sec this uh, story thirty seconds ago. Uh, he just he kept yelling, "Who told you that?" And I didn't know how to answer him. I I don't know. I just I just know you don't put your legs straight. That's all. Would I, know. I know this person's name if you said it? Uh, I you know what? Apparently, he coaches a lot. I haven't really seen him around before this weekend. Uh, I'll tell you after the show. I don't want to. I don't want to put him on blast on here. But he did say, "Who told you that?" So he was heated. He was not happy. Wow. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted to know who's teaching these lessons. He's like, "Where can <laughs> I find out? Is there a DVD I could purchase? I have no idea how to 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 teach this, and I'm scared." Uh, Maybe it was a cry for yeah. help, Ben, and you just I, laughed. I don't know. He came up to you later to me. It was nice. Uh, and but yeah, it was it was it was literally one of the most funny things because I was just sitting there like, I don't know what to say to this guy right now. He's yelling, who told you that? I don't know who told me that. I just know that's not what you're supposed to do. Legs straight. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he was yelling, put your legs straight, put your legs straight. I'm like, what? Uh, so All funny. right. That was my favorite change of the weekend. That's funny. Okay. Another crazy second period, Burger Sasso. This oh my one, gosh, man, that was super wild. What What did you think? Um, before, oh wait, hold on. You skip one thing. You skip one thing. Yeah, they screwed your boy. Listen, it's just another minor setback for a major comeback, and they hit him with the with the one plus one. I don't understand why the criteria. Well, I do understand it's just scorekeeper error, but yeah, but I, so hold on. And that one, I, and I felt like right when it happened, when Nickley tied it up, I thought Nickley would be winning because even without the criteria, even without that criteria, Nick Lee, okay, they both had a four, a, four, uh-huh. a two, and four ones. So they both had the exact same scoring structure of their points. And Nick Lee had, had scored last without the caution. Yes. So that was why I was confused. I'm like, I swear. And I thought maybe, maybe there was a two that Bartlett had that I thought was two ones in my head. And that's why, maybe that's why I was messing up. But no, it's a four, a two, and four ones for both parties. That is a really interesting point because it should have just been, he should have been Nick leading Lee, no matter what. Yeah. The caution should have been irrelevant. Yeah. That's a yes, good point. Correct. So I don't know how that messed up. But they raised the wrong man's hand. And yes. if they weren't on the same team, I think this would have been a lot bigger thing. Um, but the, it got. I, mean, it I got, thought that the good thing was that there was only three seconds left. It wasn't like there was twenty, and they were wrestling with like the notion that he was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That would have been way worse. I mean, I, I don't know what you do in that scenario. Wh- which, if there's like twenty seconds left instead of just yeah, that's three. the weird thing. There was time on the clock with the three wrong seconds. score. Yeah, and that's why I think if it wasn't a Nittany Lion on Nittany Lion thing, I think there's a very strong gripe from the 100%. Bo Bartlett side of the argument. Like, yeah. no, I get to know, and you can't say, oh, there was only... You can't say, sure. oh, 
When's the period of time you can wrestle with the wrong score? Right. Five seconds? One second? It's either... Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm kind of getting fired up about it the more I think about it because it'd be one thing if time expired as the final score goes up, but with three seconds, five seconds, 10, 15, where, is there some line? Where is it written down that there's there's a line that can be crossed Fair. and you can wrestle with the wrong score? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the officials in USA should be very thankful it's like the same team and they just kind of said okay fine because otherwise I think I don't know what they'd be doing this would be something that could certainly go before court of arbitration of sport and I don't know how it would go but the yeah. impact was huge I mean <laughs> Nick Lee's in final X right um yeah I mean that's where it's like um yeah I mean that scoreboard usually gets it right, so I don't know what the deal is. I, you know, I don't know what the problem was, but it wasn't the caution because it's last point scored if the scoring sequences are the same and they are this, in fact, the same. It's really on the um, the chair that is supposed to keep score via pencil, yeah, paper, yeah. And so I don't know how. It's crazy how he missed it. the the or likelihood she. of a ten ten score. Having the exact same scoring know, breakdown. Right? That is so rare. That is really rare. I mean, a 2 2, yeah, 4 4, sure. Five. Which is why I think nobody, even myself in the moment, um, questioned it. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. Uh, that's so many points and too much thinking that you don't really necessarily consider it. Yeah. So it was, it's a very, um, it's, a, it's a weird thing. And yeah, Bo Bartlett, hey, he's really good. Um, some are maybe surprised, others are me, you know, and just, just know yeah. he's right there. He's on that level. Similar, but, similar to Vito, it was like something, he unlocked something in March. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and honestly, we're, we're focused on the score, but really if he just kind of fights a little bit harder there and doesn't give up the one and one. Um, yes. I, I thought there were two. He got up pretty big, honestly. And then, it, and didn't he try doing a leg pass and gave up four points in the first period? Also, well, he must be an FRL listener because I know you did that too, and maybe you inspired him. Not a bitch. <laughs> and then no, he, I know, I know what happened. I know what. Here's what happened there, Ben. He tried the you leg pass. About though, right? Yeah. Listen, he tried the leg pass, and. Kale's probably like, hey, why did you do that? He's like, well, I heard someone talk about doing that. And then Kale said, who told you that? Like 10 times <laughs> to Bo Bartlett before he said, Ben Askren. It's Ben Askren that did a leg pass. Uh, So funny. <laughs> but honestly, for in that match, he got up big. I don't know if he really – he, he kind of did try to – I wouldn't he say it was a leg, leg pass. pass. Bro, it has a leg pass. I know it is. Okay, well, I guess you you probably think you know more about leg passes than me, but yeah, the the real mistake. But yeah, Bo, Bo did oh a good gosh. job. But uh, I think didn't Kolodzik kind of control him in the third place match? I mean, yes, he had a good tournament, but I think Kolodzik got it pretty good. Yeah, Kolodzik right. had a great tournament. Came back for third. Yeah, he it was wrestled. eight to six. Oh no, it was eight six. It was closer than I thought. Yeah. Well, Kolodzik was up eight zero, and then uh, he did the old Penn State comeback. Almost. Right. Almost. Okay. Can I make my point? Um, uh, I th- what do you I make thought points about? The, 
the, I've been trying to say what happened in this Nick Lee match or, or the Nick Lee Bo Bartlett match because he got up really big. Bo did, yes. and then they go back to center, and he just kind of lost his head hands completely. And Nick got in so easy and finished, and then that was one thing. And then the back out two points, one plus one, and he lost the match as as a result. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was a situation where I think the one and one was probably for sure warranted. Yeah. I don't I don't disagree. Seventy kilograms. Berger takes out Sasso late, super late score. I actually don't really agree. I mean with the with what, the, what how, don't you agree about? The two and two uh that got challenged and the score it went from nine six to nine seven. I thought that was just Sasso's exposure and not two and two. They went to their back. Uh, Rewatch it. The last one or second to last. Last one? the last one because it was nine watch- six, and then they they coach Slay threw the brick a a match saving brick as it turns out because without yeah, that I actually I didn't mind the score. I watched yesterday, so I'm going to rewatch it since you think there's a problem because I I, I didn't mind the scoring when I saw it the first time. Well, I just don't understand what's two and what's not. I mean, you do roll across your back for a for a head pinch, right? Like that's a, you're allowed to do that. So yep. why why in this instance was it two and two? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to rewatch because I definitely I didn't watch it and think, oh man, that they they blew that. I'm trying to get to it right now. Yeah, I didn't, think, I didn't think it was a good call, but then I think, man, if you're Sam and you're up two with eight seconds. Giving up that takedown, it's, it's got to be, that's or exposure is maybe how it was called, but that's that's got to be pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking for sure. Sometimes these challenges are so long. All right, I'm almost there. All right, so uh, that one, no, oh, that's two. That one was two and one because he gets on top, so it must be the next one, huh? It's. I mean, there's like so it's like 25 seconds left. Yeah, in the whole match. Yeah, all right, I'm watching right now. Let me I want to watch this and see because I I didn't watching it in real time I didn't think oh this uh the, the score is wrong or something Berger is being slow back so he's adjusting every part of his outfit. I mean it's just Berger shoots Sasso sits chest wrap and then he does like roll over to his belly across his back but he exposes his back by hitting the chest mm-hmm. wrap and then yeah uh now now you're saying it yeah I, I don't really. I think two on one's probably a more appropriate call for here now that you guys said this. Yeah, and I, I I completely agree. And I even on the call, I mean, everyone hears my thoughts in real time because I just give them. I'm like, I think this is a wasted brick, but I don't blame Slay for trying, but he's not gonna like what, what happens here. And sure enough they yeah. changed it. I just did not think that was that was right. And to to me it was like what did Berger do in that situation? Yeah, he ended up on the leg, but he was his his finish was completely stopped, right? Yes. And it was Sasso that took him over. Sasso totally so if Sasso's initiated. getting anything, which they acknowledge, he got he got two. So they're saying, yes, he did a successful chest wrap. He, he did a, a, or a head pinch, whichever oh. it was. So if he did it right, then you're allowed to go to your back for that maneuver. So why does he get two? It was a chest yeah, wrap. Yeah, because, I mean, I, mean the only, I think the only argument would be the fact that he, he goes this way and then to get off his back, he rolls that way. But – that would be the way you're supposed to go to get off your back in that scenario. So he did what he was supposed and to do. And he never came out of the danger. And he came out of the danger, correct. Yep. And he didn't get held there. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty standard two-on-one. There's a lot of talk about calls in, in, in the finals, and, and when the margins are so close, it can come sometimes come down to calls. I thought this was probably the yes. one I, I most strongly disagreed with. I I just I didn't I didn't think much of it in the moment, and now you have me rewatching, and I think you're right. And it changed the it 100 changed the outcome of of this match. Tyler Berger doesn't win with a takedown with eight seconds to go. If this isn't changed, correct. Um, so, I think. Well, here's what I'll say. More than anything, if that's two and two, you just created. If that is in reality two and two, then you yeah, just created two and two. So you just created so much. This is what the not the officials on the mat. These are the people that are the experts. Experts. These are the final bosses of officiating. There was they're, another they're, one. Well, listen, hold on, hold on, Ben. These oh, that's go. that's who they're supposed to be. That's who's supposed to be sitting those chairs. They're saying no is a hundred percent wrong. The call on the mat, and it, this is supposed to be called two and two. And if that is the case, then then we are looking at pure chaos. Because what yeah. is two you're and saying, two? So what is two what and you're one? Saying is, you're saying the very best referees are the ones reviewing those calls. Absolutely. There was this other one where my guy, my guy was up six zero, and he had a double leg, and two of the refs said four, and the other ref said two, and they play it on the big screen up top, right? And we're all watching it, and it, it's very clear once they start playing it, and they're even doing the slow motion to see if he exposed, and it's so evident he exposed, and they come back and they reverse the call in the game too. And even the other coaches were like, oh, my God. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. We all just watched it. It was four for sure. How in the world did they get that wrong if they got to watch it that many times? I didn't see the call, but I actually agree with yeah, that. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that important of a match. Yeah. Ben, if but you no, would just. The point of, I don't know what they're doing up there. Yeah. Okay. Um Didn't like Nolf. that call. 74 kilograms. Nolf. Turned it up in the second period. There was like a 20, 25-second sprint from Nolf where he just put up crazy, crazy points. couple fours, big scoring maneuvers, and just blew it out with this cr- crazy pace, a lot of attacks. That nice, the yeah. first uh, head curl wheel by, by Vincenzo was nice. Was and so it was kind of nice. like, maybe this is this is a match. Yeah, I mean, that was really Vincenzo's only super positive moment in the match. And... Um, I don't want to say it was a little reckless by Nolf, but Nolf, you know, Nolf is super aggressive like that, but it was a little bit reckless. And, you know, Vincenzo was able to put him in danger, but that was kind of the only super positive moment for him. Yeah. So Nolf Dake is going to happen. Um, one of two Nittany Lion versus Nittany Lion U.S. Open or Final X matchups, 74 and 86. Um, moving to 79, Marstel. No, we didn't even talk about Keegan. Um, Don't even get, Keegan doesn't even get a shout out from Christian Piles. <laughs> Good job, Keegan. I'll give him a shout out since you won't. Well, it's nine uh, twelve. I'm trying to, you know, trying to keep it moving. <laughs> he got beat by Nolf relatively convincingly, but uh, I, those guys are fun to watch wrestle. I mean, I know Keegan was on the losing end, but I could kind of watch Keegan and Nolf wrestle like kind of all day long. I'm hoping we get to through 2028. That would be yeah. a really fun rivalry. I think Keegan's just. A little too, little too young, right now. Nolf a little too experienced, too, too strong and powerful. Yeah. But you give Keegan another couple of years, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah that was fun. It's a good performance. Hey, did you get clarity? Is Keegan on the U twenty three world team or not? He he thinks he is. So uh, he, 
He has to. He what says is... Kevin Jackson told him that. Uh, I what don't is know. Kevin? So... Listen, I I believe Kevin Jackson if he said it, but why is he involved? He's not. He doesn't work at USA uh, Wrestling. He coaches know. at Maybe Michigan. Team leader or something? I don't know. May, oh yeah, he could be on. Yeah, yeah he so might be on the that. coaches. He shouldn't be right. You have to be top three. Well, that's what we, that's what Christian and I both thought, but Keegan's convinced of it. So, I mean, Keegan is going to wrestle Vincenzo for that world team spot. Uh, national team. Well, okay, if he wins that, last, national. then he is, for sure. But he has to beat Keegan. Or, Vincenzo. excuse me, beat Vincenzo. Because that's but like they, no, David Carr. He's already on the team. That's what they said. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know All if it's right. right or wrong. Is national team top four now? I don't okay. know. No idea. So, yeah, we'll, I don't know. They might have changed it. I do think it is kind of corny when you can win U23, U23s and then you have to wait to find out if someone else is going to take – like you should know going into that tournament, if I win this, I'm on the team or I'm not. Um, yes. I, I don't like that that's kind of like – like I like that – if you go in and you're just trying to get matches and you want to win a U23 national title and that's like the thing, at least you should be able to know that going in um, instead of having to wait you know, a couple weeks and watch the results at Final X. I don't necessarily hate it because I like promoting U23 guys to wrestle in um, seniors, but I feel like most of the top guys do pretty much anyways. I wouldn't hate maybe a special wrestle-off scenario. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I know you, got, you guys poo pooed the the special rest off last year, but I feel like they should at least get the option to take a butt whooping if they want to. That's yeah, yeah. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. But I, I yeah, I like just from a competitive standpoint, giving it to the to the guy that goes to senior level. I think it makes sense. Yep. Okay, 79. This is another, you know, one seed where you probably would have said, I don't know if Chance did it. He did beat Jordan Burroughs, but probably not going to win this tournament. And sure enough, he does it. Started with in the semis with Starachi going down to Daring, a reversal of uh, a previous match a year ago. And Ringer, it was a pretty one-sided match, truthfully, and, and Starachi defaulted out. He was injured. I saw him. Afterwards, limping around the the South Point, so he was not in good health, but gave it a shot before before pulling out. But the real question is in the finals, and I, I would this is one where I'm just calling the match and not really thinking about it. And sometimes I'll finish a match and I'll be like, "Oh, this is gonna be a thing." Like people will be talking about this. This was not done well. And then sometimes I finish calling matches. I'm like, "Oh wait, everyone's mad about this." And the Ringer Marsteller one is one I was like, oh wow, I didn't realize how many people were really took, took exception to um, Ringer getting put on the clock in the second. Whereas yeah, I, it sucks. It totally sucks because yeah. they both scored one takedown, and now you have this semi-arbitrary rule where you force someone to be on the clock, and one person loses the match. Uh, despite both having one takedown and him, him, he was in the lead before the extra point, right? Because he had the last takedown. It's like, make chance earn it. Like, why should he just get a free point? It's crap. Well, so 
I just I'm giving you my thoughts as I'm watching the match. I'm like, someone's going to go on the clock here. They're not going to let a guy sit on a two-two criteria advantage for an entire period. And um, <laughs> Max <laughs> busted. <laughs> um, so what? I'm like, they're and you can hear me. I just say it on the call. Like they're going to put someone on the clock here if there's if no points go up. And Chance yeah. was holding center. No one was really trying to score much. Um, yes. Did they? Ha- now it's not a rule that they have to put someone on the clock, but it was my expectation. Like if there's no scoring going on in a two-two match, they're going to put someone on the clock. So who are they going to put they on the do clock? It every time it feels yeah. feels like it's a mandatory rule. It's not mandatory, uh, but feels like it. but it does feel like it, and it felt imminent. So I wasn't surprised at all when he got put on the clock and. He gets put on the clock with 122 to go, and he doesn't score a point. And I didn't feel like Chance in that 122, like, disengaged at a, an incredible level. I felt like he wasn't yeah. trying to score. That's for sure. And I'm not saying it was a great way for the for the match to end. Or, like, I don't really feel like I know who's better in that matchup, but Chance Marsteller is a master of tactics. And yeah. He was tactically better than than Ringer. I think I do feel strongly about that. Wait, wh- why do you feel that way? Like, well, what, what is making you say that? Um, well, I guess because I think that Ringer is a, a significantly better wrestler with more skills and more ways to score. And mm. I think that's been the case. I mean, if you look, just look at their previous matches, they've wrestled so many times. I, I hadn't even seen Chance score. In, in previous matches, he's been teched multiple yeah. times. I think they wrestled last year, and it was like four zero or six zero, um, if I'm remembering correctly. Maybe maybe a little closer than that. And yeah. and then he beats him. It's like, listen, Chance Marsteller, in my opinion, last year had no business taking a match from Jordan Burroughs, and he beat him, right? And well, he I just, think he's really good at what he does. Yes, and he what like- what he does is totally tactical, and it's not a lot about. Yeah high degrees of like offensive scoring ability. Like he thinks about he, I, why I respect it so much is like he thinks and, and is so acutely aware of what his opponents are going to be trying to do. He shut down ringers underhook almost completely. Look, go back and watch the match. Ringer gets to that so reliably against his opponents. He so consistently can get to his post and look at the number of times he even gets to that position. He just shut down well, so I, much of what ringer, yeah wanted to do and previously had been able to do to him. I mean, I, so I think what obviously chance has, and I don't, I don't know him like per, at a personal level, but obviously great high school wrestler went to Oklahoma state, had all, had all those issues. Right. And then went and kind of like figured it out a little bit and uh, kind of like Zane Richards, he just continued to get better and better and better. And one of the things some of these guys realize is like, they just wrestle within themselves, right? They don't try to do all this stuff that they're not really elite at. So he's figured mm-hmm. out what he's elite at. And that's kind of like holding position and being defensive. And he's not super offensively dynamic. I mean, he's got a few things he can go to, but he is really, really hard to score on. And it's pretty rare that, you know, even the best guys in the world don't score a lot of points on him very often. And so I think that's what he figured out that he was really good at. And so, but then go back to, um, I guess I thought you were talking about just this match and the fact that, I thought you were kind of saying like he should have gotten put on the clock because uh, tactically he was better. No, and to yeah. me, like, I'm sorry, okay, so I misunderstood it. But to me, it was like 
okay, they both got one takedown. Neither one is being insanely more aggressive. I mean, if Deirdre was backing all around the mat, I could see the, the put him on the clock. But it was like maybe Chance was holding center slightly better, but there wasn't like a large discrepancy. So you, guys, you need to let them figure it out themselves, not an extra point. Yeah. And and I don't I guess I'm I'm kind of like at war with like what I thought was going to happen and what should. I think those are two different things, right? Like um and just how freestyle wrestling is officiated. I thought he did hold center better, but the point that a lot of the, the Ringer fans are making is that Ringer was never in the zone once. And that that is where, you know uh, otherwise so they kept the wrestling to the center of the mat and now it's like, okay, we're just talking about the positioning of, of a, a matter of a couple of feet. But in general, that's like what they determine it based off of. So I didn't think it was great, but I do think tactically like, man, he he took where Daringer was good and, and took it away from him. And I just didn't expect that. I also think if the last um, minute 20 goes by, the first minute 30, minute 40 did, then you just have a lot of people saying they let Ringer do nothing 100% the entire match and how does he not get hit for passivity yeah they let him run for a period well, yeah what if if let's just say for our hypothetical argument then if ringer had wrestled the entire period the way he wrestled that first minute 40 what would you th- have similarly felt that would have been justified what way to win yeah well i mean so where, where i think i would think it, uh, the extra points more justified to to determine a winner of the match is if both parties went on the clock, neither party's able to score a takedown or push out. Party A goes on the clock, party B goes on the clock second. So party B they're winning, right? But they haven't actually scored any points. And then they go back on the clock despite the fact they're winning. So then it puts the other guy in the lead two to one. In that event, nobody scored any offensive points. So I, I would feel good about it. Like whatever, right? But when when both wrestlers have scored a takedown and I feel like at that point, it's like that should trump the the clock scenario unless one party is evading significantly. And I didn't feel that to be the case. Yeah. And I'm with you, Christian. I'm not saying I necessarily liked it. I was just not surprised at the time. So I can agree with that. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So no one's going to, but I think, I think it is dumb. And I think it creates scenarios in which, um, the points aren't indicative of it because it's like you are arbitrarily giving someone a point here. Sure. Yeah. But I'm so yeah, I'm not I'm not, not mad at the call. Um, but I, I can understand it it leaves a sour taste in in Alex Daringer fans' mouths for sure. Okay, eighty six. I went back and counted something. The number of times the Heat Valencia just dropped to all fours and just hung out there. It happened one, two, three times in the first period and four times in the second period. It happened so much. His his best positions. Well, not how he's using it here. Uh, He's so good. Yeah, I mean, go watch him for the last day. He has, it must be a unique hip flexibility because I can't do it. He goes where his feet point to the outside and his butt can get all the way to the ground. It's like, I can't even get anywhere closer. But he goes there a lot in all of his wrestling. Yes, he has. He's he's able not to just get blown through through that position. Yeah, Yeah. you see sometimes or ankle pick. He gets low and goes into people a lot from there. Yeah, yeah. He did not do that against against Brooks. It was like I I I felt he used it tactically to avoid the pressure from from Brooks. Um, 
Yes. But the Heat got up 6-0, and then Aaron just kind of stayed on. And this is where, like, when people are asking, like, what's happening in the second period of these knitting and line guys, like, I don't feel like Brooks did anything all that differently other than he just kept the pressure really high. He kept trying to get to his yeah. underhooks, and eventually he started to get um, – started to take a toll on Zahid and then the points kind yeah. of um, started piling up. And we've kind of seen this happen with Z, right? It happened Burrow Zahid. It happened. DT has done this to Zahid. So we've seen other people wear Zahid out. And then you'll go back to the vigilant comment on um, uh, McKenna, like that, that blow through takedown. The last thing you should do is turn down. And then so Zahid gets blown through and then turns down and he gets lace lace, right? Because he turns right into that lace. And so, you know, he got obviously got tired and he got not vigilant on his defense. And so he gave up six points in one sequence. And uh when you do that, it's hard to win matches. Yeah. So it was a great uh performance for for Brooks. It sets up David Taylor versus Aaron Brooks. These guys are obviously teammates and training partners and David brought Aaron to the Olympics to be his his training partner throughout. So a lot of familiarity between these two, and now they'll they'll meet in Final X. Um, this was not a very deep weight class. This was a pretty pretty likely final when we saw it, and um, yeah, down six zero. I mean, Zahid is so good at at changing directions, and his go behinds mm-hmm. are, are are ridiculous, but. Phenomenal in period number one. Yeah, and then he get when he got that second takedown, you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a, a longer road back. But it's one of the great things about freestyle wrestling is it, it's it can be it can be really hard to hang on to a lead. Yes. A uh, question from uh, the real Avery Lynch: Should Zahid bypass USA and just wrestle for the Mexican World Team? I don't say should. I don't see why not. I mean, his brother's doing it. <laughs> his brother's doing it now. If he he'll have to wait an extended period of time now, he wouldn't be able to do it for like the World Championships this year. There's a period of time where you can't compete and need to sit out. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't How just are other go. Guys doing it so fast. Huh, who? Our other guy. It feels like other guys are doing it and they're being having eligibility right away. There is a period of time during the year that you have to do it. Oh, got it. December. Kozak, I believe, is listening. Reply in the chat. Yeah, I forget the exact the actual date. Yeah, I think we'll see someone added to the Mexican team in December, but not Zahid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Ninety-two. Mike Mock, comeback kid, takes out Nate Jackson and Colin Moore. That was not a expected thing he was a late addition down at 92 he was registered at 97 well let me go down and then ends up making final x now this is a weight that will be contested at world team trials so colin moore will have uh, another opportunity as will nate jackson which most thought would be the final but they're both dispatched by nice guy mike nice guy mike great guy uh and then we also maybe would see uh, is there anyone? No, Trumbull probably not. Trumbull or Dudley could go down. Mm-hmm. They probably those guys. Right. Ninety-seven was kind of uh, not that tough. Yes. It would have been nice to see uh, Keeter stay healthy. Not saying he's beaten Jaden, but maybe it would have been a little bit more interesting he, than Sam Mitchell. He was in a struggle in against a guy I didn't even know. That's um, when he got hurt. 
so did he get hurt like at the end of the match i don't know when in that match he got hurt i just remember i you know i had someone up and i was walking over there and i, I was like oh my gosh this is like i think it was 10 to 6 at, at that point in time then he, he came back and won i believe yeah i don't remember exactly when he got hurt in the match but it, it definitely affected it and then he didn't wrestle afterwards yeah, and that's uh, man. Juniors ninety seven was not the best bracket, so uh, no, you know, maybe we would be healthy in six weeks. I would guess, maybe so. Um, Jaden looked good. Uh, gave up that takedown to to uh, Trumbull. Trumbull. Trumbull's really good at freestyle. He bodied Tim Dudley. Yeah, <laughs> he he had nothing left. Um, so yeah, great performance there. And, yeah, we can't really get to much else. We already talked about Gable. He, he's really just doing it for the people at this point. It's, it's phenomenal. I was thinking about it. I mean, I kind of think he just really likes wrestling, and this is kind of what he wants to do, and obviously the money attracts him. But I think he can make enough money in wrestling, and if this is what he wants to do, this is what he should do. I mean, I, everyone knows how I feel about it. It's like yeah, he, he, he has this just unbelievable skill set. Like what? If you were, if there was something you were not just like, maybe the best in the world at, but maybe one of the best to ever do. How do you leave that thing? Like when Henry left for for MMA after the Olympics, I I kind of understood it. It's like, bro, you caught lightning in a bottle. You won the Olympics, and I, I get it. Go go to MMA. That that makes. But it's sense also different me. now, Christian, because we were getting paid nothing at that nothing. point in time, and Gable. He could, maybe he's not rich, rich. If he if he just wrestles, maybe he's not rich, rich. But he's going to make a, a very nice wage for the next fifteen years. Yes, but you can't be superstar, superstar. Probably maybe not. You I mean, can Burroughs and, and Taylor, people who are just wrestling, they have like they're not famous, famous, but they have really, really good followings on social media and other places. Yeah, but if you want to be famous, famous, I'm not. In Gable's head, I don't know if exactly that's what he wants, but if you want that 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 real fame, that Ric Flair type lifestyle, Ric Flair type. No one wants Ric Flair's type Dude. lifestyle. Did you want to document? Okay, I don't, I, yeah, I don't mean like terrible dad, they like partying every night, they all that. But if you want that. to, you know, have like have like, be able to look walk. when he said Ric Flair type fame. Well, because I was thinking like <laughs> Rolex flexing. I was thinking, you know, like Rolex he's, he's flexing. Never... What 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 else does yeah. he say? Rolls Royce driving, whatever. I don't know that saying is, but I'm talking like that. If you want to have that, I get recognized. He should go in, in the grocery store. Then you should anywhere. do something that aligns with your skills, not jumping off and doing this. Coordinated... Being the greatest wrestler hold on, of all hold on, time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not that he's not a thespian. He's one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. He should do that. If you want to be world famous, be the heavyweight champion of the world in, in MMA. Do that. Be the greatest wrestler who ever lived. I don't understand yeah. it. I just don't understand it. It's like the skills are not transferable. V- very loosely transferable. It's like, okay, loosely. you have to have a physical... You have to be size. You have to have a size. You have to have a certain level of athleticism. But it's, for your body, who are, the, who are the, the, the best wrestlers? Like, oh, wow, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, like... These are not the great apex athletes. These are good athletes, big people who had a cult of personality behind them. It's like 
if Gable wants to be the most recognized Gable Stevenson he can be, I don't think it's in WWE. I think yeah. it's something that uses his skills. Mediocre well, WWE has way more following than Jordan Burroughs. Yeah, I'm saying that, if he's if he's the heavyweight cha- UFC champion of the world, which I think he would be, um, I think he would have incredible recognition. Okay, well that I'm not arguing that he would well, be. He wrestle for a decade and then go to the WWE. I mean, like you could become the greatest wrestler of all time and then go to the WWE because those guys' shelf life is way longer. He could go to 45, 50, and that. Yeah, who's the guy that kicked Ric Flair in the face? Was that Shawn Michaels? How old was Ric Flair oh, in that yeah, one yeah. when he says, I'm sorry, and he kicks him in the face? Oh, man. Christian, your your face when he said Ric Flair, you were, it was so visual. It was like, it's like, oh, really, that lifestyle? Yeah, he's yeah. killing it. The, the different... like, literally one of the saddest 30 for 30s ever it's about Ric Flair. Okay, I didn't mean that. You I love it. Just... You hate parents. <laughs> you hate good parents. I know what you mean. But the, it's actually you meant – what the actor Ric Flair represented. Yes, the flash. He didn't really, you know, fly around in a private jet. How, you know, that wasn't actually his reality. That was well, a part actually, he played. He was, like when I watched Succession, inside. like when I watched Succession, I don't think that Kendall Roy is really like this media tycoon in real life. It's like, no, that's a part he played. That's the part Ric Flair was cast to play. Um, enough WWE. It's time to go anyways, 934. You love WWE. We, we would be um, remiss if we didn't mention one of the biggest stories oh my from gosh. the US Open and the fact that Spencer um, couldn't compete in the oh, semifinals. I thought you were going to talk about Kennedy Blades taking out Adeline Gray because I think that, that – too. I think that was uh, – she is so good. And and the fun thing is now we're going to have a whole world team trials at 76 without Kennedy – and then we're going to get to see potentially Adeline coming through there, or maybe not. I mean, I think Jeez. if you watch Diamond Guilford, <laughs> if you watch Yelena McCoyed, Kylie Welker, I think there's a lot of, of, of wrestlers that could um, beat beat Adeline. So she's Kylie gonna... was up big on Diamond. Mm-hmm. Diamond was then up big on Adeline. Um, Diamond pin, ended up pinning Kylie. <laughs> and then the caution out with Diamond and Adeline. So crazy. Those were, in my opinion, uh, warranted cautions. I, I thought, I think. Yeah, Diamond gave him no choice, unfortunately, for for her. But she clearly did not know if I back out of bounds again, I'm losing this match. I mean, how many times? And, and that's a funny thing because how many times are you put in that position where like you're even thinking about oh three cautions and up it's a DQ? Like it it really doesn't happen often in in wrestling, especially well, now that in twelve seconds <laughs> in twelve seconds of match time. Three the first one was at 50. The last one was at 38. It's like the most absurd 12 seconds of wrestling ever. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted what happened, and someone said, your math's wrong, buddy. It's like, no, I know it doesn't make sense, but it's it's actually what happened. It's a weird yeah. thing. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to more on Wednesday for sure. We'll get to U17s, U20s, put a bow on the senior level. Ben, get home safe. Have a good time right. at the Tropicana. Get, get, a, get a nice OJ. And we will see all of you on Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in for the U.S. Open. Thanks for tuning in to FRL. Keep it on flow. Check out all the content we got coming. Have a good Monday. See ya.